Yo, 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 what is going on, my people, my kings, my queens, what is going on? Uh, so this is another early show for my people. Um, so today we're going to talk about Tuesday's results of the verdict of the George Floyd murder trial. Derek Chauvin was found guilty. So today we're going to talk about qualified immunity. And we're going to basically talk about the police um, system of America. So the police system of America is one of the most. How should I say, and I'm trying to get these words out. It's one of the most complicated systems in America. It's a part of that justice system that needs to be destroyed and rebuilt. Everybody keeps saying we're fighting for justice. Yes, we are fighting for justice, but you can't fight for justice the way that we try to fight for justice. We out here dancing. We out here twerking. That, that, that to me is a sign of weakness when we're out here dancing we out here twerking it's a sign of weakness we don't take power by doing the things that we do and to me when we're twerking and we're dancing and we're battling these cops outside like they were doing all last year you're showing a sign of weakness they don't take anything that you do anything that you say they don't take any of these things serious Based off the simple fact that you're out here dancing. You're not out here demanding anything. You're dancing. Oh, well, man, that's a part of the No, our culture is not just dancing and, and rapping and all that. Our culture is rich in warriors. We have a warrior class that we need to wake up. We need to wake up our warrior class. We are not going to progress. We are not going to progress with these people out here dancing and twerking. They're getting out there twerking in front of statues like that. That doesn't make sense. That just shows what they think of us, that our culture is just relegated to women shaking their behinds or men out there dancing. And then we still have these same problems. So there Chauvin was found guilty. Yes, he was found guilty, which is a good thing, but we have two months until sentencing. So he's already going to get credit for time served because he's been locked up since last year. So that's already going to be accredited to his time served. We, the way that I'm looking at things, it was unintentional second degree murder. Um, it was third degree murder. Um, I think it was like negligence. And then it was like second degree manslaughter. So these charges, I have to look them up, but they found him guilty on all three counts. Usually with these, with these race soldiers, they don't find them guilty on anything. They might give them one charge. Um, 
so what I was looking at was when you look up qualified immunity and everybody needs to start talking about qualified immunity, qualified immunity is how these cops get off. So they've asked the Supreme Court to off. They've asked the Supreme Court for years to remove qualified immunity. So I'm about to give you guys a breakdown of what qualified immunity is. So qualified immunity. Okay, in the United States, qualified immunity is a legal principle that grants government officials performing the secretary functions. The secret. I don't know how to pronounce this word. So performing functions, immunity from civil suits, unless the plaintiff shows that the official violated clearly established statutory or constitutional constitutional rights of which a reasonable person would have known it is a form of sovereign immunity less strict than absolute immunity that is intended to protect officials who make reasonable but mistaken judgments about open legal questions extending to all officials but the plainly incompetent or those who knowingly violate the law Qualified immunity applies only to government officials in civil litigation and does not protect the government itself from suits arising from officials' actions. The U.S. Supreme Court first introduced the qualified immunity doctrine to Pearson versus Ray, the case of 1967. A case litigated during the height of the civil rights movement is stated to have been originally introduced with the rationale protecting law enforcement officials from frivolous lawsuits and financial liability in cases where they acted in good faith in unclear legal situations. So as you can see, the cops are protected under this. So you can't actually sue the cops. You can only sue the city. So once you sue the city, what happens is you sue the city. The cops and their union are not responsible for what happens in these cases. So they're they're not held responsible. The taxpayers are held responsible for these situations. And that's why I don't respect Crump, uh, Benjamin Crump. He's a civil rights lawyer. I don't respect him. Because he's check chasing. He's chasing the check. Like Future said, chase the check. And that's what he's doing. Everywhere he's gone, everywhere he's been, they've been getting these so-called big settlements. Yeah, but the people have to pay that out. The city uses tax dollars from the people to pay that out. Yes, George Floyd people got $27 million, but we have to pay that. They use our taxpaying dollars to pay that. So when we're sitting here and we're having these conversations about victories, yes, it's it's not really a victory. It's just one step closer for us to try to get justice. Now they're giving Biden credit. They're giving Black Black Lives Matter and Biden had nothing to do with us winning or so-called winning that case. Because you know what won that case? All those uprisings last year won that case. 
Because the thing about it is they're going to pacify black people. They're pacifying black people now. And then they're putting these laws in certain states and certain cities where you can't protest. So Florida, they're implementing uh, anti um, anti protesting rule where you can't protest or you're going to be prosecuted. And then in Chicago, um, the Uncle Mammy, Uncle Mammy Lori Lightfoot, she's telling people don't test us, don't loot, don't riot, and all this other stuff. My thing about it is these people were not attacking small businesses. And white people started that stuff. All last year, it was shown that black folks wasn't the ones doing it. It was the white people from so-called Black Lives Matter that was doing everything. So we have to understand that we're fighting things on all different fronts. Us, as people, we have to take control of the narrative. And I just talked about this in a previous episode. They're trying to change history to fit their narratives. So Candace Owen, she goes on Fox. She's with Tucker Carlson. He's one of these white supremacist, undercover white supremacist. He lets you know how he feels, you know, the whole Fox. And I think Fox is necessary to show you how they, how they really feel. And they've been showing you for years with the likes of Rush Limbaugh, uh, with the likes of what's the other guy? Um, I forgot his name, but they just fired him for sexual harassment. Oh, his name escapes me. I'll get it later. Um, but they show you how they feel. So they're ne- they're a necessary evil. That is a necessary evil that we need to know how they feel. So Candace um, Owens goes on there more like Kundis Owens. She goes on there. She starts with these bad faith arguments. Oh, it was mob justice and this, that, and the third. And he sat on that man's neck. You can't in any way, shape, or form condone that type of behavior that Derek Chauvin displayed when he killed and murdered George Floyd. You can't condone that. You can't justify that. But they'll find a way. They put these 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 white supremacists put these black puppets out here. The Kundis Owens, the Benjamin Crumps, the Black Lives Matter. They're all black puppets of white supremacy. And it's different fronts. So Candace Owens, she's on the side of the overt racism where they're outwardly racist. They put her on that front. And then you got the covert races that put Benjamin Crump out there and Black Lives Matter. That is the coverts. So what happens is you're fighting two different battles. We got to fight the overt racism and we got to fight the covert racism. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it seem like we had some type of victory. So this is y'all rep. That's not reparations because everybody doesn't benefit from this guy going to jail. And then Nancy Pelosi comes out and says, oh, well, George Floyd, he was a great sacrifice. He didn't, that man didn't sacrifice his life. He was murdered. He didn't jump in front of a bullet to save anybody. He was murdered. And this is my big problem with these people. We, they say things outright and we still give these Democrats a pass, even though they've shown that they haven't done anything for us. That was not a democratic thing that got these people arrested. 
That wasn't Democrats, that was us, the grassroots, the new black media. And uh, I want to give props to the brother, the black authority. He said, you can't trust those old niggas. And you can't. You can't trust these old niggas, the Roland Martins, the, the Congressional Black Caucus. Those are the boule, man. The Tolentin 10th. Those are those people. They're not here for you. You, you. you see how... They've, they've always had this talented tenth. They've always had this black boule. These people that are talented. They give money to these people. They throw money at these people. And you notice that the Congressional Black Caucus been in been in uh, existence for a certain amount of time. And they still haven't got anything done for black people. And um, it, it doesn't pain me to say this because they're trash. There's no progress with them. They haven't done anything for us. They've been in existence for a while. They have not done anything for our people. Because it's designed that way. It's designed to keep us down. So this is a thing. So if you look at the Congressional Black Caucus, you look at these black celebrities or these black people with money, we're supposed to want to aspire to be the black celebrities with money or being the congressional black caucus but they don't actually progress us it's symbolism and i talked about that i talked about symbolism <laughs> obama was a form of symbolism obama was one of those presidents where he didn't have any scandals but he was a horrible president he didn't do anything for our people And then all these, and like I said, all these people that so-called speak up, they're starting to show their hands now. One of the people that I had so much respect for, and I'm losing respect for day by day by day, is Shannon Sharp. He goes on TV and said, well, we need the police, so we can't defund them. You can defund the police. If you take away funding, they will stop killing black people. We have to hit them in the pockets. Joe Biden is giving 700, he's trying to give them $750 million, talking about, oh, well, if I give them $750 million, we're going to give them sensitivity training and show them why it's wrong to do the things that they're doing. That doesn't help them. They're still going to commit these murders. So right after the Derek Chauvin verdict, there was a, a, a young lady by the name of Micaiah Bryant. She's getting jumped. She's protecting herself. The cop gets out, shoot her because she had a knife. My thing about it is why didn't he pull his taser out? She's 16. How strong can a 16-year-old be that if you tase her, you don't shoot that girl four times. You had the intent to kill her. You didn't have the intent to disarm her. You, you intended to kill her. So we have to stop making excuses and people... Well, she had a gun. I don't know how I should react to this. Listen, man, she she didn't have a I mean, she didn't have a gun. She had a knife. She was protecting herself. She called the cops. 
She called the cops because the people have been bullying her. And she's been talking about that. She's been complaining to her mother. They called the cops before the cops haven't done anything. And see, when we start talking about, and, and this is where these black on black crime Negroes, where they don't make any sense. Because the crime in the city is different than the crime that the police commit. Because one is sworn to protect us. One is sworn to protect us. The other is just crime happening. Crime happens. It's proximity based. You're going to commit crimes where you live because that's what it does. We always talk about black on black crime, which is in the thing. I wish stop saying black on black crime. There's no such thing. A crime is a crime no matter who it's committed by. I don't hear white on white crime. I don't hear Asian on Asian crime. I always talk about this. I don't want to keep reiterating it, but it always seems to pop up because people, that's the first thing they do to use. That's a white supremacist talking point. You're further building white supremacy's defenses when you keep saying black on black crime. But I'm off of that. But people know that crime in your neighborhood and the people that are supposed to protect you we both know that those are two separate issues and the cops are supposed to be protecting these people you keep talking about these crimes in the neighborhood but people don't understand when you commit a crime in the neighborhood nine times out of ten you're going to jail <laughs> they tell me oh it's been a lot of unsolved murders i'm telling you all those shootings last year I'm pretty sure most of those people that did those shootings, nobody got away with all those shootings. I'm pretty sure a lot of those shootings, those people were going to jail. That's the difference. Justice will be served most of the time when you're dealing with crime in the city. That's why it's a, a criminal justice system. People don't realize these things and they keep talking about this. So to me, when you're justifying the killing of a 16 year old girl who's protecting herself and she called the cops, they didn't get out and say who called us. They didn't get out and ask no questions. The girl was fighting. You don't know those people were there to jump her. And I have a problem with where were her parents at this time to stop their daughter from getting jumped, to stop their daughter from going to get a knife to protect herself. A 16 year old should not be in the streets fighting to protect herself from getting jumped. Where's her parents at? And I keep saying this. I keep saying, yo, parenting is a big issue within our neighborhoods. We need to parent better. We have to get better on all fronts as well. You know what I mean? There's certain things that we have control over that we can't just blame white people for. Now, if you want to, we can blame them for poverty. We can blame them for economics. And we can even, to a certain degree, blame them for our educational system. But certain things we have control over that we can't blame them for. And that's parenting. Babies having babies. You know what I'm saying? So that's a different story for a different day. But 
The qualified immunity is why these cops are getting away with killing our people with impunity. They're not, there isn't any consequences. And to me, it's like some sort of ritual. It's like some sort of tag under there, you know, a dog tag for them. Like a ritual. See how many black people these cops can kill. See how much funding we're going to get. See, they keep, they, they're funding these police departments. Every killing, they're funding the police departments because they know black people are going to go out there and riot. They know black people are going to go out there and turn up. So they keep funding them. And that's where the defund the police comes in at. But when you start and when you hear these black celebrities saying we need them, yeah, we need them, but they're supposed to protect and serve. They're not supposed to be shooting and killing people. This is not the army. When you see a threat, you have to neutralize the threat. There's a force continuum. Verbal being the first step in the force continuum and lethal being the last and unnecessary step. And they've always said this. I took the training. Lethal force is the last, if necessary, step. But people don't understand this. See, people don't understand this. So when you're dealing with the white supremacist, you got to deal with white supremacists and you have to deal with these boot licking celebrities. Cardi B. She told me, well, we need cops. But nobody asked Cardi B for her opinion on things. I don't think she has the mental capacity to speak on these type of things. But they choose to bring her to the forefront. They see this is what they do. They get these black celebrities to tell you to go ahead and get the um to get that shot. They're using them to tell us to get the shot. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not gonna speak on it. I call him one of the good brothers. He call it a jab. They tell us they, they got these black celebrities to tell us to get this jab. They got the black celebrities to, to um, tell us to stop rioting and looting and all these other things. Cardi B to me. And I'm not dogging this woman. I'm not disparaging this woman. But I just want to say she does not represent black people. She does not consider herself black. I don't care what her origins are. She doesn't consider herself black. She's not a black woman in my eyes. That's the problem. They keep parading these celebrities. They keep parading Black Lives Matter around. And, and we're fighting fronts. We're fighting different fights on all these different fronts. And that's why we can't win. So our focus should be white supremacy. What we need to do is start tuning out these black bootlicks these black celebrities and i keep saying it because they they figure the black celebrities have a lot of pull in our neighborhoods which they don't i mean and 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 another thing that i want to do i want to talk about and i'm gonna save this for another episode i want to talk about the hip-hop influence on our youth and i'm gonna speak on that and how we embrace it but they know that these people have a lot of pull. They know that music deals with frequencies. So frequencies is always, you know, something in your brain that 
that uh, makes you happy or makes you feel some kind of way. So they this is this is what the white supremacists do. That's that's how they play their games. But I'm gonna get deeper into that in another episode. But they know that these people have pull with certain part of the generations to use them. And I was listening, uh, I'm listening to babe, little baby song. This ain't about black and white. It's about writing. And I'm listening like, man, like, where do y'all get these coon lyrics from? That's a coon lyric. But man, listen, man, we have to get things together. Stop going out there. Stop twerking. Stop allowing Al Sharpton to come and pray with y'all, getting down on one knee, Nancy Pelosi. We have to stop those things because those things are not helpful to our cause and our fight. Because all it does is come and they dilute it with with the Al Sharptons and Jesse Jacksons. A bunch of people that have been in the civil rights for years and they have done nothing as a collective for black people. My dad called them poverty pimps. And I've said that years ago when I was about 16, 15, 16. And I always said, what do they do for us? All they do is come out and show their faces. And my dad calls them poverty pimps. That's what Black Lives Matter is. Bunch of poverty pimps. Alisa Garza goes on TV or not even TV. She goes on a podcast it starts talking about we're winning and we have an indie girl. You don't have no impact on anything. Y'all are not with the grassroots. Y'all not out there fighting. They don't care about us. Y'all made a fortune off of black people's blood and off of their backs. Y'all didn't win anything. The only thing that y'all won was money and houses and million dollar salaries from where? Who knew these people? What book can you possibly write that'll make you a million dollars? They have a salary of a million dollars a year. From where? What businesses do they own? So I, I you know, I already talked about that. I'm not gonna get on that. But the other thing is, we have to start doing. We have to start getting. Excuse me. We have to start getting the names and the badge numbers of these cops that are killing people. We have to start getting their badge numbers. We have to start getting a lot of things with these people because these people, these cops, because we need to start getting their names. We need to start looking into their backgrounds because I'm going to tell you something. These cops in these academies. They do thorough background checks, but not like we would because we'll see who they're connected to or who their family was or blah, blah, blah. So, so on and so forth. So it was 72 cops in Philadelphia that were a part of that were white supremacists that were a part of a white supremacy group, some shape, form or fashion. And people say that's not a lot, but it's enough. That's enough just to. Even if it's 72, because they can put one in each neighborhood out of that 72, they could put as different parts of Philly that they can put them in. You have North Philly, South Philly, West Philly. 
That's you can put ten of them in each part of them, each part of that city. That's thirty of them. You got Northeast, Frankfurt section, Port Richmond. That's another sixty, and you got another twelve to put somewhere else. That's enough just in those parts to cause havoc. And I don't know if people know in Philly about twenty-five. I say about. 24, 23 years ago, they had these cops that were shaking down drug dealers. They was taking $60,000 from these drug dealers every time they went to their house. They were shaking drug dealers. Every time it was shaken down, they was getting over $60,000. So, why are we to trust these cops? We could barely trust the people in our neighborhoods. So why would we be able to trust these cops who are there to protect the service? Something that they get paid to do. They get paid to fight crime. We don't get paid to do that. But like I said, we need to separate and we need to police our own neighborhoods. Because I'm telling you, if we police our own neighborhoods and have people out there on watch, it'll cut down on all these so-called black-on-black crime murders. It'll cut down on all of that stuff because people know what's going to... These these people know that the only consequence they're going to do is serve time. But if we start fighting back and start taking our neighborhoods back and stop letting these cops that's supposed to be doing the job that they get paid to do, if we start doing that, these people will know are there's consequences for me shooting it up. See, all this thing is a cause and effect. It's consequences. For every action, there is a reaction. That's the law of physics. For every action, there's a greater, there's an equal or greater reaction to that said action. So people need to understand, man, we're talking about these cops who are there to protect and serve. We're talking about cops that get paid to stop crime. But they seem to let crime always happen. And I ain't talking about nonviolent crime. I'm talking about these violent shootouts. Where's the cops at at all these times? It used to be cops on every corner. Now, all of a sudden, they stopped the cops from being on the corner because they want to talk about budget cuts. But they get billions of dollars in funding. These cops can retire with the... With the you know, the cops got one of the greatest pensions in, in America. As a cop, you have one of the greatest pensions in America. They give you a, a, a package, give you a stockholder money plus your money that you get monthly. Come on, man. That's what we need to start cutting into. We need to start cutting into that shit. But if you start cutting into those type of things, you start cutting into that stuff, then I bet you, you see how these, these killings start dwindling down. So from 2004... Until now, until for so 17 years, there's been a recorded of 15,000 police shootings. Out of 15,000 police shootings, only seven cops out of 15,000 have been arrested and convicted. What is the percentages on that? 
that has to be less than 1% or less than 1%. And I keep telling people, so the, the thing about it is the reason why these people don't get convicted is because you have to find similar cases where the cop was convicted. You have to find, it can't just be one because there's always an anomaly. You can't, it can't just be one. It has to be multiple cases where you have to find where cops have been convicted. So like I said, man, we fighting everything on all these fronts. And we and, and the main the first step is getting qualified immunity doing away with it. See, they introduced it in the 60s with all the uprisings that was in the 60s because them people was turning up in the 60s. They was they had the revolution going in the 60s. But that's how they stop us because they put things in place. And see, people don't understand, they don't read up on qualified immunity, they don't read up on the Watts riots. So that's what I try to do. I try to come here. I try to educate people. I don't have a big audience, but the people that I do have, it's good to spread that type of knowledge to whoever listens based on the simple fact that if I can say it and one person can, if one person like me can say it, and I feel like when I say it, that when I relay this message to you or give you this knowledge that y'all can go and talk about it to your people or your family or whoever so that helps me i'm not here for the listens i'm not here for money i'm here to talk about information and give information to my kings and my queens and my people my brothers and my sisters that's what i'm here for but man i'm about to get out of here man it was a good episode you know, I usually try to go about 40 minutes, but I'm tired, been up. Um, I love y'all. Be safe, mask up. Um, everybody be good. Oh, I here. Excuse me. I'm out. Peace. Love y'all.